Welcome to a podcast about wealth and life. We all know that our finances play a big part in how we live our lives. In this podcast, the advisors from Foster and Motley share insights and information about investment and financial planning topics and how they connect to your life. With so many types of insurance available, how do you know what you need? And maybe more importantly, how do you find the right insurance partner? Foster and Motley's Rachel Rasmussen is here with a guest who can address those issues and maybe more. Rachel? Patrice, I am so excited today to bring on a guest, Erin Blevins from Oswald Insurance. And she's going to talk to us about property and casualty insurance. What even is that? Financial planning and wealth management has so many terms, so much jargon in it. Hopefully we can kind of clear up what this topic is, why it's important to you, and maybe some action items. So I will talk to you, Erin, and ask you, what even is property and casualty insurance and why do I need it outside of legal requirements, of course? Well, it's certainly not something that folks like to spend their time on, for sure, but we're here to help with that. You know, in in basic terms, property and casualty insurance is essentially protecting your assets. So on the property side, it's buildings and structures, tangible owned assets, and the liability that goes along with that. And on the casualty side, it's auto insurance. So I myself, I focus specifically on the personal coverages, which include homes, autos, boats, recreational vehicles, and personal liabilities, things of that nature. Well, that makes a lot more sense. So it's car insurance for us normal folk mm-hmm. and home insurance. And of course, if if God forbid we get sued, some liability coverage as well. So this is something that we talk about with clients a lot in our day-to-day. We don't sell insurance because we are fee only and it's really important for us to remain objective. So selling products kind of takes out that objective nature of of our advice. So we like to partner with agents who can look at multiple carriers and kind of shop for us. And then we can partner with them to help our clients move forward. So just kind of want to make that disclosure, which is why we would bring someone such as Aaron or another insurance agent, for example, that's why we would even introduce them to clients to, to begin with, because one, we don't sell insurance. We do, however, advise on it. So I guess the question is, why is it even important to be talking about this? Well, from our standpoint, one of our requirements as a planner, as a financial planning company, is to ensure that risks are covered, either reducing or mitigating risks or even eliminating risks altogether. Um, it's possible that you can do that by self-insuring, as in your assets are enough, or more realistically, covering that risk through some sort of insurance whether it's property and casualty or life and disability and, and so forth, or even the, those long-term care plan policies from forever ago. So since we don't sell insurance and we're not necessarily an expert, I'm going to ask you, Aaron, since you are the expert on this, tell us how, what did the numbers tell us about insurable risk? 
I mean, how likely are we to even have an insurable event happen? I mean, insurance is the thing that you pay for, and I guess you hope you never use, right? Right. A lot of times folks will pay the premium annually and then, you know, not ever have to utilize the insurance. But I'll give you a couple of scenarios that may paint the picture of how easy it is to maybe have to utilize your insurance. So take a car accident, for example. You could have a serious auto accident and hit someone and they become disabled and are no longer able to work. They may be the primary wage earner for their family, you know, and any good attorney is going to say, well, they had 30 years of, you know, work life left and they're going to sue for that income that's lost or even the investments that go along with it. And that could really add up quickly. Or you talk about a, a fire, in your home or, you know, some sort of catastrophic event that is unplanned and it is, you know, horrifying, right? You're losing everything. And in a split second, you have to make a decision, right? You know, what all did I have in the house? And, you know, did my family get out safely? And what caused the fire? Things like that. Or even nowadays, we're seeing a, about a claim a day in the cyberspace, Right. So we're finding wow. that folks are getting ransomware demands or malware installed on their hardware. Probably the most common scenario that I'm seeing lately is folks are when they're wiring funds to a third party and it's intercepted before it makes it to its destination. We need to find a way to reimburse those funds, but more importantly, find access to forensic accountants and folks that work in the cyberspace on a daily basis to help guide you back to normal after an event like that occurs. All of these things can be helped with the right insurance policy. So, you know, as much as these sound like these tertiary events, unfortunately, I have to agree with you about this, Erin. These, these things do happen. I can think of a car accident, a fire incident, dealing with a hurricane, and some cyber fraud issues all within the past year with clients that we work with. So I can imagine you're dealing with this on a day-to-day -day basis, kind of really close to the ramifications of these events happening. It is. And, you know, that's why we have to make sure that our process is really advisory and consultative in nature, rather than someone bringing me their insurance policy and I go and check the market for something for a better price. That's not how we operate it. It's not going to benefit you in the long run. I'll tell you a little bit about our process. It is a little different than most. As I said, it's very advisory and consultative. So I want to learn about your family and your lifestyle. You know, what do you do in business and what are your plans for the future? Are you going to be retiring sometime soon? Or, you know, do you take vacations? Do you travel? All of those things, just, you know, a quick conversation about, you, you know, your lifestyle, your family and what you like to do. That helps me identify what could be important to your family. At that point, I like to take a holistic look at your current insurance. Nothing else. I want to dig deep and provide my recommendations. And that could include things like premium savings opportunities, gaps in coverage. Maybe you're even purchasing some coverage that doesn't apply to you and you don't really need, right? We're going to identify all of those things and then have a thoughtful conversation around it once that's complete. If you want to take it a step further after we have that conversation, then we can certainly put a side-by-side -side comparison together for you 
just so we can make sure that you are with the right carrier and your portfolio is structured properly as compared to, you know, the other contracts that are available in the marketplace. Essentially, we're keeping the insurance carriers honest at the same time and making sure that, you know, their pricing isn't out of line or their contracts aren't missing an important coverage that most carriers or most, I'm sorry, most insureds want to see. And we'd certainly report back to the insurance carriers with that information. So you're working with multiple insurers, not just one for or two for auto or home or umbrella? Correct. So we're a risk management firm, but also an insurance brokerage. So we work with, in the personal line space, we work with, I'd say upwards of 20 to 25 different insurance carriers. And, you know, we assess the needs of the client to find the best fit from an underwriting perspective, whether they need maybe a more affluent carrier or someone who specializes in the out of the box type of risks. Maybe they have a unique exposure, um, you know, and all of that can be identified through that initial conversation and also through the holistic review of the portfolio. Well, that sounds a lot more comprehensive than maybe how I first went about getting insurance. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did and maybe you can say how common this is. You know, you you hear of, oh, Geico or State Farm and you hear a commercial and you say, I'm going to call maybe two of these and see who can get me the better deal on my auto coverage, for example. And then uh, you keep with that company and it's kind of on renewal or maybe it's travelers. There's, there's a lot of them. And you keep renewing that over and over again until it gets really expensive. And you say, uh-oh, now what? I better make some random phone calls based on what ad I've heard. Is that normal or is that kind of out of 1000 percent yeah 1000 <laughs> yeah, percent so uh, the scenario we typically hear is you know my my insurance agent was my old college roommate or, or a high school friend that started selling insurance and we just bought a policy from them and then we just let it renew every year and we haven't sat down to talk about it and so a lot can change in a year's time. So we really pride ourselves on the annual review process, making sure that we sit down with our clients every year, at least once a year to talk through um, not only what's changed in their life, but what's going on in the insurance market too. As you may have heard, you know, the insurance market is really going crazy in a few states and, you know, helping our clients understand what they have, why they need it and why there may need to be changes moving forward. It, it really just helps, you know, the overall understanding and helps insurance to be, you know, a little less painstaking, I think. Yeah. Insurance. It's a fun topic. Our clients love talking about that in the meeting. <laughs> you just yeah. see them like, okay, it's time to snooze for five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm joking. This is important stuff. And of course, you know, in, in our day-to-day -day with clients, we see what changes. And so something significant, like you buy a new piece of property might jog our memory, oh, we better reach out to the insurance agent to see if there's anything that needs to be done with these policies and then kind of connect from there, whether it's Oswald or another agency. So you talked about understanding insurance. There's so many different myths out there and common misunderstandings about what insurance is. Uh, could you tell us some of the common things that you see or questions you get from your clients? 
Yeah. So I, I have a lot of repeat questions. And, and one of the big ones is if I buy a certain limit of umbrella coverage, am I going to automatically be sued for that amount? You know, if we're advising uh, to take yeah. a $5 million or a $10 million excess liability policy, you know, that's a common misconception. During the discovery process in any sort of litigation, the first thing that the attorneys are going to do is ask the insurance company for copies of all of your liability coverage. So that's going to include your home or your auto policy and then your umbrella policy. But the courts used statistical data and past events in similar cases to really create the judgment here. And, and more often than not, it's not going to get anywhere near your umbrella liability limit. In very rare cases, have I ever seen that happen? You know, some of the other things that we talk about is the replacement value of your home. You know, we will calculate the replacement value, which essentially is the rebuild cost and the reimbursement to you if you have a total loss in your home. And most people are shocked by how high that number is. And they're like, well, I could not sell my home for that amount. And the market value is a very different number than the replacement value, right? The market value mm. is going to be what you can sell your home for, but the replacement value is going to be what you would rebuild your home for. And that's going to include some additional charges like debris removal, which is probably a large cost that's built in there. And also we calculate in the cost for the foundation because many of our carriers also include a cash out option where you can walk away from the home and not be required to rebuild if there's a total loss. And we want to make sure that you're completely reimbursed. The land is still yours to do what you'd like with it, but you are able to take a check and walk away. So we want to make sure that that number is where it needs to be. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're going through a traumatic event, like you've lost your house in a fire or it got destroyed in a storm. And do you really want to go through the time and energy and effort of rebuilding it on the same location where that event happened? Or perhaps you might want to have that optionality of just going and finding a different property and being able to do that. I, yeah, that's something important to note. I I can imagine why that would be confusing for clients. Um, and quickly too, you know, another quick thing on the umbrella coverage. The umbrella coverage, in, in my opinion, and probably most any in, in one in the insurance industry, the umbrella or the excess liability, as we call it, is probably the most important piece of the insurance coverage. It protects your home, your auto, your assets, everything in the event that you're ever sued. A common question that we do get is, how do we calculate the right limit? And my answer to that, in partnership with folks like you helping to create that number, but we look at the personal net worth as a whole, and then we carve out any creditor-protected assets, such as retirement plans or 529s. And then we measure that number against what we have insured on the insurance policies, right? Making sure that that number is at least enough to cover the value of the home, the personal property, the autos, et cetera. Because if there ever were you know, a judgment that you were required required to pay, and you didn't have the funds available to pay that judgment, the courts are going to ask you to sell your home and sell your toys and sell everything. So we need to make sure that we're at least protecting what's on paper here. And then we like to build a range from there because, you know, the cost differential between the limits is really very minimal when you start looking at these higher levels of coverage. 
Oh yeah. So I, I guess if you're thinking about what in umbrella insurance is, it's kind of like a backstop for the other coverages and when they don't cover that thing, whatever that thing is that happens. Right, right. So and you, there are a lot of ways that we can craft the right umbrella coverage for you. So we ask a lot of questions that maybe some other agents wouldn't think to ask. And those questions are things like, do you have any nonprofit board involvement? Or do you hire any domestic staff at home? Those questions are all important because we want to build a product that is going to protect you in various things that you're doing in your life, whether you're serving on a nonprofit board or you're hiring a nanny to watch your kids and you want to protect yourself against those, any sexual harassment claims or any wrongful termination claims. We can create a a package for you that's going to protect you on all of those levels. So go, I'm going back to one of the things you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. I mean, some crazy stuff is happening in the insurance industry today. Can you talk about what you're seeing the environment like? What are the big concerns that you're dealing with on a day-to-day with your clients? The weather-prone areas are really where we're struggling. You may have heard the term the hard insurance market, and this is a a big part of why that's happening. You know, with the hurricane and and weather patterns that happen in Florida and the wildfires that are happening in our Western states, that has really sent the insurance carriers into a panic. We're seeing, you know, speaking, let's speak about Florida, for example, many carriers are pulling out of the insurance market because they just don't have the resources to pay all the claims that could potentially come in. And, you know, with Hurricane Ian, we just saw sheer devastation from that, not only on the property side for homes that were damaged, but you'll be surprised to know that the majority of the claims that came in from that storm are from submerged vehicles. So they were on the auto insurance side of things. An interesting statistic uh, relating to auto insurance in Florida to help explain why the rates are going up on the auto side as well is in all of the litigation that's been happening in the United States here recently, 79% of lawsuits have originated in the state of Florida. So I did, I did not know that that is news. I mean, I knew it was a lot because try to drive down in Florida and maybe you'll see why, but (laughs) yes. So now you'll see why not only are the property insurance you know, coverages tough to place with the auto insurance as well. So we're finding that, you know, it's really best to advise our clients ahead of time on what they should be considering if they are going to, you know, have dual residency or purchase a home or, you know, buy a car in the, in those States. So what should a client be thinking about if they're considering buying a property in Florida or California, or maybe they already own and they're looking at these huge rate increases, or is there anything that they could be doing? Yeah, I would say consider a home that was built after the year 2003. So 2003 is when all of the wind mitigation building codes went into effect and all homes were built with all of the required wind mitigation. Anything built prior to that, you're going to need a wind mitigation inspection that shows that you all of the available premium credits that you're eligible for from a wind perspective. The in, in the state of Florida, 75% of the premiums are made up of what wind protection you have on your home. 
So it's really important to either consider a newer home. If you have a really old home and that isn't all the way up to code, it's almost impossible to find some insurance coverage there. If you do purchase the home that was built prior to 2003, we need to see a wind mitigation inspection. Also a four-point inspection on the mechanicals to make sure that they are up to code and up to date. And elevation certificates so we can make sure the flood zone and the proximity to flooding and storm surge waters. And if you live in a high-rise condominium, consider where the parking lot is. Many of those buildings have underground parking, and that is where we see all the submerged vehicles when the storm surge waters come through. And many insurance carriers now are not willing to write an auto policy if your vehicles are stored underground like that. Interesting. Things that you you don't necessarily think about So if you haven't thought about your insurance policies in a while or have done a thorough review, what are some action items, some actionable steps that you could take? I would say make sure you're having a thoughtful conversation with your insurance agent on a regular basis about the changing needs of your family, maybe renovations that you've done or your future plans to make purchases or, you know, things of that nature. Um, The annual review process is very important. That's where we discover, you know, just through normal day-to-day conversation, those of us who are trained to hear those trigger words for insurance, right? We could stop you and say, I heard something, right? Let's talk about it. That should be a regular process. And if you're not having regular reviews like that, you may not be working with the right partner. Yeah. Because we also are looking at insurance coverage periodically as part of our wealth management, as part of our financial planning engagement with clients. So I agree. It's really important to come back to it because you know, you just kind of get a little rusty on the information after a while. So lastly, I'll just say, reach out to Foster and Motley and we can get you connected to the right people for the next steps. Or if you have an agent that you are working with now, I mean, we're impartial to that. Aaron's one of many people that we work with in this space. We just want to make sure that clients get the right access to the right help to be able to ask the right questions. So I have to say, Aaron, thank you. We could talk all day about insurance and uh, man, that might be boring for other people, but I think it's pretty cool. So (laughs) thank you for your time and looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. And be sure to follow this podcast from Foster and Motley for updates and insights on a wide variety of life and financial topics. Please share with others as well. Thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to Foster and Motley, a podcast about wealth and life. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information discussed and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Foster and Motley. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Keep in mind that rules and regulations are subject to change. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions regarding your financial planning and investments. Foster & Motley is not affiliated with any third-party providers. Any mention of a third-party provider does not imply an endorsement of that provider. If you decide to utilize a third-party provider, you do so at your own risk.